hello, hello. I am so happy you all have tuned in for week two. I'm so excited that you joined in again to listen and learn all about static. If you have missed week one, I advise you to listen to that first week before we step into what I have for you today so you can catch up on what static really is when it comes to our faith journey. I'm so excited for this week. The title for this week is Stationed in Times of Transition. This is probably my favorite topic of this whole series. I personally feel if you understand this week and accept what God wants you to do in this part of your static, God will move mountains in your life. But this one is probably the hardest one for us to accept and to accomplish. This week, we'll be going over the first letter of our acronym, which is S. For the letter S, the word I came up for this letter is stationary. I chose this because when we come into our static situations, we are oftentimes in times of transition. And so often we feel stuck no matter what we do. We will do so much to get out of feeling this kind of crappy stuck feeling. But whatever we do, we end right back at the same point where we were in the first place. Our culture today has become so impatient. We live in the times that I like to call it the culture of now. If we can't have it now, then we move on to the next thing like thank you, next, and then swipe left like we do on our cell phones. And it's just this repeating cycle of greed and throwing away all the good things in life we have right in front of us. But when we slow down and realize, God has us placed in this very exact spot of human existence for a reason. We'll soon slow down and yes, like the old saying is, in quote, smell the roses that he has placed here for us. See, being stationed in static, I like to think of it like being in an airport, leaving for vacation. We have this destination where we want to go, and we are so excited, and we are so close to leaving for that destination. We have our tickets, we have our suitcases, the excitement level is an all-time high of going to that place far away to see all of the new things that are going to come and all of the refreshing moments we are going to have in life. But when we are getting ready to board our flight, we end up waiting, yes, in a terminal. The airport terminal, (laughs) need I say it? It is not supposed to be a place of living unless you are Tom Hanks in the movie called The Terminal, which, yes, it's a really great movie, by the way. But the airport terminal is a place for you in transition, a place to relax and get settled in the waiting for your flight. If you are there too long, your flight is delayed. We get very impatient. But there is always a good reason why we are waiting. Hence plane problems, weather, loading luggage, etc. Doesn't that sound like God making you wait? As much as we want to admit it, we can go right up to the front desk at an airport and complain to the lady behind the counter about the wait time or cancel the flight for a new one. But in all reality, we end right back at the same spot we did before sitting in those uncomfortable seats in the airport terminal. So God, when he gets ready to transfer you into the new dimensions of life, he always calls us to this moment of solitude. Before Jesus' ministry started, right after his baptism, he immediately went into the wilderness by himself. It was time away to fight off the temptations. But before Israel arrived at the promised land, God made them travel and wait in the desert for 40 whole years before entering. So being stationed is not terrible. It's just a time of learning and a time for God to move in your life and a time to prepare you for what he has next in your life. Think of it this way. When you tune into that old radio or mess with the antenna on an old TV, 
It's not a bad thing that it's staticky because you know it's only doing the static because you are messing with it and trying to make it show a clear picture or make the sound clear in a way it's supposed to be. So the next time you feel stuck, just remember God only has you there for reasons of making you into the person you were created to be. As we move into David's life, I want to read you a passage from 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 6-19. through 19. So if you want to follow along, put me on pause, grab your Bibles. If not, you can just listen, and I will read it out loud here for you to listen to. But a brief description on what is happening here before I read. King Saul has been rejected by God. And Samuel the prophet is supposed to take his horn of oil and go find the next king of Israel. And God tells him he has found the next king. He is the son of Jesse from Bethlehem. And as Samuel heads out and finds Jesse, Samuel ends up where he is seen here in the text with Jesse and his sons. Again, this is 1 Samuel chapter 16, verses 6 through 19. It goes, When they arrived, Samuel saw Eliab and thought, Surely the Lord's anointed stands here before the Lord. But the Lord said to Samuel, Do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearances, but the Lord looks at the heart. The Jesse called Anadab and had him pass in front of Samuel. But Samuel said, The Lord has not chosen this one either. Jesse the son of Jesse then had Shema pass by. But Samuel said, Nor has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse's had seven of his sons pass before Samuel. But Samuel said to him, The Lord has not chosen these. So he asked Jesse, Are these all of your sons? They're still the youngest, Jesse answered. He is tending the sheep. Samuel said, Send for him. We will not sit down until he arrives. So he sent for him and had him brought in. He was glowing with health and had a fine appearance and handsome features. Then the Lord said, Rise and anoint him. This is the one. So Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the presence of his brothers. And from that day on, the spirit of the Lord came powerfully upon David. Samuel then went to Ramah. Now the spirit of the Lord had departed from Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented him. Saul's attendant said to him, See, an evil spirit from God is tormenting you. Let our Lord command his servants here from here to search for someone who can play the lyre. He will play when the evil spirit from God comes on you, and you will feel better. So Saul said to his attendants, Find someone who plays well and bring him to me. One of the servants answered, I have seen a son of Jesse of Bethlehem who knows how to play the lyre. He is a brave man and a warrior. He speaks well and is a fine-looking man, and the Lord is with him. Then Saul sent messengers to Jesse and said, Send me your son David, who is with the sheep. As we see here, David was anointed king. The one nobody picked, God chose him. Isn't that funny how the world doesn't choose some of us, but God still picks us out, out of a crowd, and says, I want you? <laughs> like I'm just mind blown by that. That the God who created everything we know and can see chooses us daily. But back to David, as soon as he was anointed, he didn't go straight to the palace. He went right back into the fields with his sheep, living the same old life he had before he knew he was the next king of Israel. Can you imagine all the things going through his head? Like, I mean, if I was David, 
I would be walking around all of my brothers and my dad saying, like, did you just see that? Like, you better treat me right now. I'm the next king of Israel. But no, David was obedient. He went right back to doing what he was doing before. Now, the Bible's not really clear on how long he was tending his sheep before Saul had his servants reach out and have him come into the palace. But we do know David was still tending his sheep. Brings to question that if God had him stationed in the fields with the sheep, where does he have you stationed? And what are you doing? Your calling is not where you are supposed to be. Our calling is what God has placed us here for us today. Once we understand that and we become content on what God is doing in our life today, he will send someone from where the promise is to come and bring us into the very thing he wants us to have all along. But in order for that to happen, there needs to be a heart shift on not what we want, but but a heart shift after what God wants. A loving heart for his will, not ours. He is more after the relationship than he is after the blessings in our life. I mean, let's sit and think about it. When was the last time we intentionally each day had a part of our daily routine set aside just to spend time with Jesus? Not once a week or not just here and there and not just here and there throughout the month. In the church, we talk about tithing, but tithing is not just about money. Tithing is a way of giving back to God 10% on what he gives you. Doesn't he not give us life? I mean, each day is a new day to live. And I feel that before he wants us to move on to bigger and better things, we need to set aside that time for him. Yes, guys, that ruffled my feathers a little bit too. But I know I'm a very busy person as well, and life happens. But think of it this way. The day Jesus was arrested, he could have looked at the high priest Caiaphas and said, Ah, nah, man. Nah, bro, I'm good today. I've got a life to live. And he could have called an army of angels to come rescue him. So I'm guessing that David made the best of his time worshiping God while tending his sheep. And no, guys, being a shepherd was no easy task. For him to be watching over the flock, making sure predators were never around or having no runaway sheep, or being out in the hot sun all day long doing farm work and then make time for God, that was probably a task in itself. But he often asked God in those frustrating times, Lord, why am I here? I bet he said these things like this in his head. My brothers think they are better than me. I'm out in the stupid sun by myself tending these dumb sheep. I was just anointed king of Israel, and here I am shearing this dumb sheep. But God, I know you are good, and while I'm here, show me my heart and prepare me for what is next. I tend to feel this in my own life as I go through static. God, why am I here? And every single time I pray that, he always shows me some part of my life that is not aligned with his. Being straight up honest, it probably has to be the most frustrating thing ever. Not only because I don't want to be stationed anymore, but because I am not the perfect human that I think I am. We walk through life and feel as if God owes us things. It's really sad, but our society today has downloaded that into our heads. You think of it. Here's a small example. If we want food, just get in your car and in two minutes there's a McDonald's on Main Street for you to buy the Big Mac you want. Or pick up your phone and order a pizza from the nearest Pizza Hut and in 30 minutes there's a fresh pepperoni pizza in your front door. Everything is so on demand that what we ask for is given. And we often see God that way, like he's some big man in a red suit that comes down the chimney with a big sack full of blessings every time we pray. But in all reality, he's not 
the God of these microwave blessings. He's not that type of God. He is the God of the process. He wants your heart more than he wants to just fling blessings at us like an eight-year-old boy flinging rocks with a slingshot. He knows that if our heart is not aligned properly with him and his will, the blessing will soon become curses in our life. So my challenge for us all this week is to just slow life down. Grab your actual paper-filled Bible, blow the dust off the cover, shut the phone off, and just take time to press into what he has for you. 15 minutes of silence a day to meditate on his word and to hear his whisper. Think like David this week and imagine yourself with him tending his sheep. Close your eyes and just picture yourself in those moments with him on how he was reacting after the big news that Samuel had given him. Put yourself in that place of solitude, sitting on a boulder out in the field with him, listening to the breeze move through the grass, hearing the sheep make their noises, seeing God's beautiful creation, and then wonder, if God can do everything he did with David, what can he do through me? So those are my challenges I have for you this week. I hope you all enjoy this week's podcast, but that's all I have for you guys today. Hope you all enjoyed this week called Station in Times of Transition. Next week, we'll be going through the next letter of our acronym, and that letter is T. A brief sneak peek I have for you on that is the very thing God is testing you on in your life are soon going to become the very same things that will turn into good habits in the new dimensions of your life. That is the very thing God is testing you on in your life are soon going to become the very same things that will turn into good habits in the new dimensions of your life. Hope you all enjoyed this week. Remember to share this podcast on any of your social media pages or send this to someone you may know and love that need to hear and learn all about static. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.